0: You've tuned in to Black Girl White Collar Podcast, and I am your host, Dr. Allison Austin. This podcast is for anyone interested in understanding the experiences of women, specifically black and brown women, and how we navigate through corporate America. So hopefully something that is said, an experience shared, resonates with you, but most importantly, then it amplifies the voices of so many underrepresented women in corporate America. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to make it clear that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are my own and do not reflect those of my employer. I'm sharing my personal thoughts and insights, and while I may draw from my professional experience, these are not the official statements from my employer or any other organization I belong to. Welcome back. To another episode of Black Girl White Collar Podcast Happy New Year, Happy 2024 To my amazing listeners, my family, my friends, colleagues, my people I hope that your year is off to an amazing start But the reality is that for some it may not be Or it may not seem like it's off to an amazing start For whatever reason, for whatever things that they have been confronted with But if you are listening to me, if you have breath in your body, then there is hope. And whatever that thing is, whatever that circumstance that you may be dealing with, know that there is a lesson in it and that there will be a stronger you, a better you, if you take heed to those lessons and apply what you've learned. So before we jump into... Talking about the new year, I do want to send up prayers for Dr. Claudine Gay. For those of you who don't know who she is, she's the first or she was the first black female president at Harvard University in all 300 plus years of their existence. And I'm not going to go into the details of why she resigned. I'll let you go and um, look up all of the different debates and interesting conversations around her resignation or leading up to her resignation. But what I will say is that there have been a lot, there has been a lot of discussion around black women and black excellence and, you know, the lack of protection of black women in these spaces and being faced with glass cliffs and a glass cliff is a situation where Typically, it's individuals from underrepresented groups, and that includes black women and how they may be uh, appointed to a leadership role during times of crisis or when the chances of failure is high. And so this causes increased pressure, limited support. There's a uh, impact on confidence. There's missed opportunities for growth. You know, black women take on the leadership role where there is less support and less stability in that environment in order to make sure that they do succeed because the environment itself is one of crisis. It's one where women who are underrepresented go in and they're expected to fix a problem. And that happens a lot. And that's what we call glass cliffs. And so it's kind of like what I mentioned in our last episode this disease of perfectionism, specifically among underrepresented groups like black and brown women and how there's this lack of just safety, psychological safety, the feeling that I can discover or it's OK to fail in this, in some sense, because failure doesn't mean that you're not successful. Right. And I know people say, well, if you fail, you can't succeed. But failure is where we're able to discover and is where I feel like it meets that point of innovation. And, you know, I think about all the inventions. If you just look around your house, look around where you are in the moment, all of those things had failure rates. They didn't just come out the box and create that. I've been in a room, I've I've worked with some engineers. I'm an engineer myself. You know, my parents think I can fix anything, but I appreciate their confidence in, in me. But I, I've been there when there is new product introduction, right? And I've seen how we introduce new products into the market. And so we use something called failure mode and effects analysis. And it's a step-by-step approach by identifying all possible failures in a design, And so I bring this up just to highlight that even in industry, failure is the thing that engineers are trained to look at when you're introducing a product because that's going to guarantee if you can determine ways that things could fail, then you're actually able to create a better version of that product. You're gonna have better success rates because you've already looked at ways that the product can fail you've already tested it you know the ins and outs of that product and that's the way that we should approach our lives like you know we were based on my faith I believe I was created in the image of God and when he created me I have everything inside of me that I I could ever need in order to to reach my destiny and What may seem to look like a failure in my life in terms of the ways that other people perceive whatever circumstance I'm in is not actually a failure. It's something to teach me a lesson so that I can learn from that lesson and become a better version of myself. Every day we are practicing this failure mode and effects analysis in our own lives. And so to tie this back to perfectionism and this ordeal with Dr. Gay and other amazing women like her, it's, it's really the pressure that we put on ourselves because of these structures and there being no space to actually fail. There's no room for black women or black and brown women to fail. But that simply is not true. Because even industry teaches us that failure is not really failure. It is an opportunity to, or a gateway to success. It is an opportunity to become a better version of yourselves. And so we have to adopt that mindset, even though the structures and the environments that we're in every day tell us otherwise. So when I look at amazing women like Dr. Claudine Gay, our own vice president, Kamala Harris, you look at the first black female justice, Ketanji Brown Jackson, and just the level of scrutiny and a level of disrespect that folks have displayed on a national platform, brings me back to this whole idea of no matter your position in life, no matter your degrees, no matter where you are throughout your career journey, you have to know who you are. And that is the whole premise of this podcast, is really understanding one You know, as a child, some of the things that you may have picked up and learned that maybe you need to unlearn or just who you are and who you have evolved and and become as you enter into these spaces, because the foundation of who you are is what's going to hold you down, not your degree. I mean, those those things, of course, have enhanced your life and they'll be able to add to whatever situation that you might be in at the moment in terms of having to prove yourself. But that's the whole point I'm trying to make is that in this season, let's not prove ourselves. Let's just be and move in a fashion of, of that spirit of, of safety, creating spaces that, that provide safety, creating spaces that provide rest, creating spaces that provide reflection. And so this is not even a point of my episode today, but I just felt the need to say that is because we don't just reiterate the point of we are working so hard to prove ourselves and you don't have to work hard to prove yourself because it's never going to get you the result that you want. That has been shown over and over again. But what we can do is what I just mentioned is provide or create spaces of rest, of safety, of growth, of reflection, of possibility. And I'm not just saying that it just includes us, but we can partner with those who want to create those spaces for us and no longer focus on those who. Work to tear those spaces or who create spaces that create these illusions. Remember we talked about delusions um, in a previous episode of a book I was reading. Those delusions that are out there of perfectionism, of working twice as hard. Let's not continue to participate in those structures. Let's build different structures that offer a different result. I think when people say structures of power, I think that is all a mindset. And um, But we cannot get distracted by tearing each other down in these debates at all. Um, so with that being said, <clears throat> what I wanted to talk about <laughs> Well, we finally get to the, the the what I wanted to talk about. But and I'm not going to be before you long. Uh, yeah, that's what they say in church. <clears throat> but I'm not going to be before you long. But I was thinking about, you know, starting this new year is that I want to be and we throw this word around a lot, intentional about how I use my time. You know, Dr. Miles Monroe. And I don't know if you guys know him, but look him up. He is a minister, but he he has great wisdom about just different principles of life and how to live life. Um, Unfortunately, he passed away in a um, airplane crash, but he has so many nuggets that he's left behind. And one of the things he was talking about is that time is the most important commodity that we will ever have. And how we spend it is important. And for me in this season... I no longer want to be just busy. I recently had a discussion with one of my mentors about this season of my life. And she encouraged me to really reflect on whether or not I actually processed information and what I did with that information. Was I in the moment or did I just move on to the next? Did I just identify the issue and move on to another task and not really deal with the issue, not really come to a resolve of, you know, what, what did I learn from this situation or what am I feeling and how do I, what do I do with these feelings? And I just had a reflective moment on whether or not I was actually present in those moments whether it was celebratory or whether it was one of anger, whether it's one of grief, just how do I deal with my emotions? And it's just kind of like you learn to just keep it moving. You know, the whole it is what it is, keep it moving, buck up, that kind of thing. But I think it's important to really um, understand what you feel in the moment because I've been reading this book. A homecoming by Dr. Tama Bryant, and she does a she talks a lot about how one can be or what external or internal signs she she discusses both of them in her book um how disconnection looks disconnection with oneself, how that looks and busy being busy is one of those. And in her book, she talks about, she says, being busy does not mean you are healed. Busyness can distract from the real work. We participate in so many activities inside of work or external to work, right? You know, we may be doing a lot of DE&I work. Of course, that is diversity, equity, and inclusion within our jobs every day. Um being mentors for other underrepresented groups within corporate America or um creating inclusive environments, participating on uh employee resource groups or initiatives d e n i initiatives so there's just this burden that that's placed on folks who are trying to build an environment that includes them um Or we just may be participating in a lot. And, you know, Dr. Bryant talks about how when she says in her book, when insecurity and fear are the driving forces behind our actions, or we have bought into capitalistic notions of self-worth, we can easily fill our days with activity while remaining disconnected from ourselves. And then she talks about, She says, you can tell yourself the truth. Busyness has not brought healing or relief, only distraction and superficial accolades. You desire something much deeper and more fulfilling than a new job title and more liberating than temporary favor of public opinion. Busyness can show up as perfectionism. And we're back at that word because we're always trying to prove our self-worth in these jobs, in our communities, possibly in your families. And so for me in this season, I'm going to slow down this year. I'm not going to participate in busyness. I'm not going to keep moving past possible grief or anger or celebratory moments or sadness Whatever the case may be, I want to be able to feel what I feel, understand why I feel it, and evaluate how do I want to move forward from this feeling? Because I don't want to stay in a place that I'm at, right? So how do I want to move forward and how does this benefit where I'm going? How does this allow me to grow to be a better person, a better version of who I am? How can this help someone else? I want to use that energy or that time because we, we talked about time, right? Because time is the most important commodity. How I use my time. Something Dr. Moreau um, also said was people are always concerned about how long they might live, but they're never concerned about whether or not they're living effectively. And he has a point because you can grow old and not be effective in your growth and not have any type of impact on the world and it doesn't mean you know sometimes people think impact they think oh something grand that I gotta go out here and I gotta create whatever no it's just what are you leaving behind what is it that people will remember you for and so, in this season, for me, I'm going to slow down and not participate in the busyness and actually enjoy the moments. And I feel like you get into a part of your career or you get into, you know, as you're evolving through this this life journey. You get so bogged down into success. What is defined as success? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Because I am so proud of each and every one of you who are out here. Who are making it happen. Each and every day. In whatever way that is. It could be in your family. It could be in your churches. It could be in your organizations, whatever the case may be, I am excited for you and your successes. But I think it's important for us if we're going to build these new structures that that are for safety, that are for rest, that are for um, discovery and innovation. If we're going to build these new structures for underrepresented groups, we must Firm in who we are, and part of understanding who we are requires some self reflection, it requires us to have that time um, where we can reflect, where we're not emotionally taxed by whatever we're participating in, because a lot of times. We are doing things that may not add value. Well, they, they could ultimately add value to our community. But at the end of those activities, you're tired. You're tired and you're not able to really give yourself the love and the nutrients that it needs. And in this season, I hope you take this journey with me. And we're not going to participate In a season of busyness I'm not saying don't don't get on that board Don't go on that trip Don't um, go to that family outing Don't go out I'm not saying that not to do any of that But what I simply am saying is that Make sure that you are giving yourself enough time to reflect on things that are happening to you and not just moving on to the next, not just gazing. I I don't want to gaze over how I might feel or not having a difficult conversation or not creating the boundaries that I need to create, not living in a, a world of perfectionism and putting an emotional tax or burden on myself. Unnecessary burden on myself. You are, you are amazing. Not because of what you do, but simply because of who you are. And that is what I'm embracing in this season. I can do amazing things. Because I'm amazing. And for me, I'm amazing because that's how my creator, my God, has created me. That's, those are the tools that he's given me. I'm I made in his image. So how could I not be? And so that, you know, that didn't come with a job, a nine to five job or a degree or Aesthetics, you know, like your hair or whatever. It came with the essence of who I was meant to be, who I was born to be, my character. The things that came with me innately. And so I'm going to appreciate those things in this season of my life. 2024 Though it may go by quickly. I don't know. It may go by slowly. Either way, I'm going to appreciate each and every day and all the things about me in this season. And so I am, as I mentioned before, in terms of my faith, you know, there's a a verse in the Bible that says, be still and know than I am God, and the Bible refers a lot to stillness. And when you think of stillness, it is all about calmness, a quietness, an inner peace, a, a pause from the distractions, and it gives you that time to reflect. It gives you the time to connect with God, and understand more about who you are and your purpose in life. And once we get that understanding of who we are, we don't have to continue to live it connects back to perfectionism. We don't have to prove anything to anyone because we are secure in who we are in the essence of who we are. Knowing the value that we bring to any room that we step in, regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of our skin color, regardless of where we come from, it's who we are. It's the light that we bring. And so when we're able to quiet the noise and really open up our hearts and our minds and gain clarity in these moments and understanding and wisdom and a deeper connection with our creator we can experience safety and rest and and all of the greatness that we have inside of us and the moments that you know our ancestors longed for You see those t-shirts all the time that says, I am my ancestors' wildest dream. I think this is a part of that. And you know, the first episode I talked about honoring our mothers and our grandmothers and our great grandmothers, our aunts, and how all they really knew was about work because of the history of specifically black women, but black and brown women, the history of oppression and slavery and Jim Crow. It was a world of work for them. And not to say again that we don't have to do the work, but there's nothing to prove to anyone else. You can just be. And so... I'll leave you with this. Um, I heard someone say a quote in a podcast that I was listening to the other day. And they were talking about how they spent so many years being impressive versus impactful. And with this whole notion of this year for me, Be still and know that I am God, living in the stillness of life and processing the moments, processing my emotions and really determining, you know, how I'm going to move forward. What lessons have I learned and and how they will impact my future and my future actions and behaviors going forward? All of that says is that I don't have to do the most. I don't have to do the most, but I I should be impactful. I don't have to impress people, not by titles, not by anything, but I should be impactful. And the only way to be impactful is to live in the stillness, is to get that clarity, get that wisdom and understanding. So that you can be the best version of you. So that when we do come into these spaces, when we do um, enter our world of work and our career choices, that we are simply being. We don't have to impress people, but we should be impactful wherever we go and whatever position that we're in. So I challenge you to take this journey with me to live in the stillness, to be impactful, not impressive, and to give yourself grace, to allow yourself to explore, to discover, and to take risk and not be afraid to fail. Because in the end, you will be a better person because of it. Remember that any product that you see out here it has gone through a process of understanding the failure rates. So it could be a better version of itself. So let's keep that in mind as we go through 2024. And um, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all for rocking with me and for, for listening. So I I always welcome your feedback. And again, if you want to submit a letter to corporate America, You can do so by either emailing blackgirlwhitecollar at gmail.com or you can submit the letter through a form. There's a link on our Instagram and our Instagram handle is podcast. And with that being said, words have power. People have purpose. Stay lifted, y'all.